Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to The Parenthood. I'm Marina Fogel, and today I'm joined by my co-founder and sister, Dr. Kiara Hunt, and we're very excited to have Dan Snow, historian and father of three, join us today. Welcome, Dan. Thank you for having me on this new, exciting podcast. <laughs> I don't think I'm alone in thinking of historians as a bit fusty, a bit old-fashioned and belonging in the last century. Well, Dan is doing his best to change our perception. He spent his career trying to convey just how fascinating, fun and immersive history is. An early adapter of social media, Dan's Twitter, Periscope, Facebook and Instagram are hugely successful. His award-winning podcast, History Hit, captivated millions of listeners and has now inspired a YouTube channel, History Hit TV. So, Dan, it's brilliant to have you here today. This series of, uh, of The Parenthood, we're talking to busy parents about how they make it work. Now, obviously, as history is your passion, but what we're keen to know is how did it become your passion? Was it something that your parents influenced you with? Or uh, Absolutely. The, this is what it's... Uh, of course. I mean, I didn't even realize there was something called history till I went to school and discovered a kind of boring subject about Anglo-Saxon house building. For, for me, history was everything. It was, it was every weekend, every day, every, all the books we read. It was the stories. My great, my grandmother is a Welsh, she was Welsh, so she was called the nine, my nine. And she would tell us these stories around the fire and, and in her house about, about our ancestors. She'd made them all up probably, but they were this, it was an oral historical tradition. I feel privileged to, it's, you know, it doesn't really exist in many ways anymore. Rather than watch telly, we'd hear these stories. And she'd tell us about her husband during the war and what she was up to during the war and what their ancestors all did and how we were descended from Owen Glyndor and all that kind of stuff. And then my dad loved history. My auntie's a historian. And we'd, every single weekend, we had a two-hour radius of our house in London and we'd visit every single National Trust, English Heritage, you name it, museum, back battlefield castle and and so they were just it just was natural to me I didn't know I liked it or didn't like it I just did it all the time and then I got Stockholm syndrome and started just inflicting on my children as well <laughs> and did you ever kick up a fuss and say no I want to go to Legoland or wherever yeah, your course. friends were going yeah for sure we want to, absolutely but I mean then we just got ignored by our parents and I think they took an attitude to child care which I think I have absorbed a bit which is there is no need you can go to lots of places where both the parents and children will be stimulated and happy. And that's particularly true today because museums are amazing now. Uh, they're, they're palaces for children. You know, my, we went to Hampton Court the other day, which 30 years ago was a sort of grim uh, place with a keep out sign on it from the Ministry of Works. Now, you know, Henry VIII was walking around, 
we, we wore cloaks. We were sort of dashing around the halls and dressed up in Tudor gear. I mean, like, my kids couldn't get enough of it. I think a lot of parents don't really realise that, do they? They think they have to go to a child-based resort or activity or even on holiday they have to go to a hotel that caters for children and actually so often it's all part of what you could all enjoy together i i think that's exactly right and particularly because so many places have now realized that the family market is a really strong one so my my children have been to hms victory a lot of times uh, and but actually, they really like it because it's a totally amazing object, amazing music. I mean, the key thing, because I do a lot of history during the week and it's my day job, I'm not ruthless about the weekends. And I, I do sympathise with people who have jobs they kind of don't really like very much. And their, their Saturday is a special time for them. And they want to go to a museum and they want to spend all day there because they don't get that intellectual and, and sort of cultural nourishment the rest of the time. And then their kids are like, why are we looking at every glass box? Whereas I, because I'm lucky enough to go to places like the Imperial Museum or National Art Museum or any museum during the week with work, it means that on the week I can be a bit more loose at the weekend. So the, I, I like to take the kids to the British Museum. We have a quick look at the, the uh, sarcophagus the mummies in. We go to the gift shop, buy a huge chocolate coin, and we when we leave again. So it's attack and retreat. And I think it can, there can be a lot of pressure on some people to think they've got it. If they're going up to the British Museum, you've got to spend seven hours in there or something. Yeah, and then which, you're ruining it for your children. Which I think you are, you? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's about... You wouldn't do anything for that long with children, generally. Well, I don't know that was an adult. I mean, it's a nightmare. So uh, I think if you let the kids dictate the sort of pace of it a bit um, and... And then we have total disasters. Like we have absolute shockers where we're in stop the car and we're driving through Europe and I make them all walk up to a castle and it starts snowing and we lose the track and then it gets dark. I mean, it's all, yeah, of course. And then, but I just say to my wife, you know, one in 10 experiences are going to be a complete disaster. Don't let the one in 10 negate the other nine, which will be pleasant family experiences. So we. But then the one in 10 turns into the most hilarious story well, that you can embellish for years to come. Exactly. That's the fam- <laughs> That's the stuff you build the family myths on and the family legends. And, and I think if you just go to a water park, you don't have that same opportunity. I mean, it, it's like anything in life. If you, it, It's a safe option to go to a water park for sure, but it's not going to live long in the memory. It's not. And I also think children pick up on the mood of their parents so much. You know, if the parents are stressed, the kids pick up on it. If the parents are having a miserable time, the kids are going to pick up on it. If the parents are having an amazing time, but it's not necessarily where they choose, that's going to make it infinitely more. That that sort of enthusiasm is quite contagious. So that's definitely going to rub off. And, you know, there are so many sort of, you know, really cheesy, plasticky attractions that parents literally walk in with a sinking heart and think, how long until we leave? And that, you know, that's going to rub off on your children. Absolutely. Kids can sense that. That's totally true and we uh, but but I also mean people say how do you get young people interested in history I go dude go to these places on on big days out on the August bank holiday kids bloody love history like if you go to the battle of Hastings or the for the annual reenactment of the battle of Hastings or the battle of Culloden in, in outside Inverness it's like full of kids going completely bananas. You know, the adults are the ones going, oh, bloody hell, you know, let's go and have a cup of coffee. The kids are whacking each other with their wooden swords and they're jumping over things, they're going crazy. So I don't buy this argument that kids are disengaged from cultural activities or heritage activities. I just don't, I don't think it's true. Oh, I totally agree. The, the time, you know, we've done that quite a lot recently and taking them to any of these castles or events, I think, like you say, the reenactments or the sort of special days at these, at these national heritage sites are such fun for children. And they're invariably full of people really keen to enthuse children about history, which is amazing to have adults around you who are engaging with you 
and, and pass down that verbal history that you know you were talking about at the beginning. The other thing is that they're so much more affordable. You know, you go to these sort of typical family day out attractions, and you're probably not going to get much change from two, three hundred pounds. And yet, you go to your local castle, and actually, it's 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 pretty amazing how, right. how good value it is. My local Henrician uh, coastal fortification, which I've been to quite a lot. No, I mean it's great. <laughs> it's great value for sure. And well, a lot of them are free. A lot of them are free. A lot of them are free, and uh, and a lot of them have got, as you say, they nowadays. I mean, I've been in meetings with English Heritage National Trust. I've been, you know, I've been in those rooms, and they spend a lot of time in those rooms talking about young people. That 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 is their. They talk more about that, I'd say, than the, the fabric of the buildings and the and the sort of their du- their custodial duties to those. They are obsessed, as you point out, with making sure the next generation of 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 Brit of Brits are involved with this because they know that eventually it's going to be them that have to pay the tax dollars to to, to keep those buildings going. So it's it's they they are they are these organisations are driven by the desire to engage and excite and stimulate young people. And do you, um, do you, I mean, obviously you know quite a lot about it anyway, but do you do a bit of research and talk to your children about where they're going to be going in the lead up to it so that they've got a bit of anticipation, so they've got a bit of excitement? And then what do you do when you're there? Do you make um, do imaginary play with them? How do you engage with them when you're at these places? Yeah, I do. And in a way that I can, I can hear people listening to this, their heart dropping a bit, because I think it's all right for you because you know this stuff. And I, I am in your shoes because I am woefully ignorant of nature and birds and trees and I feel embarrassed and ashamed of myself when I go to a beautiful garden and I don't even know the difference between a beach and an ash tree and stuff and I, I, I think god I'm really letting my kids down here and so I can I can feel people maybe have the same issue when they go to a fort or a castle or a museum or you know a wonderful collection of antique cars and they, they're not able to kind of give that value-added stuff to their kids so all I can say is uh, it's a lot easier now. The internet exists, and we're all carrying supercomputers around in our pocket, right? So you, you just you just do a bit of googling on the way there, uh, and and the websites these places are phenomenal. Um, but it but it does really pay off because, as we all know, when we're being dragged around something, even as a grown up or on holiday, it that that little expert knowledge makes a huge difference. And so I make a big effort to tell uh, in the car on the way there. I'll tell tell stories about the people that were at those at those places. And then when you get there, yeah, just trying to, I suppose, just trying to, yeah, trying to bring the story and the drama into it, and and in, definitely encouraging, definitely encouraging play as well. And also, historical accuracy is fine. So we can you can attack a castle, and you don't have to start worrying about exactly who was on which side. You just kind of go, go make it up and go with it. And and then, and also, as you say, imaginary play is is equally. Uh, it's about, I think, especially in this world of um, devices and screens. It's about more people go to today. More people go to heritage properties every Saturday than go to football matches in the UK. Mm. Yeah, and I think, but the, but the reason for that, when you think about it, is because they're not there studying Queen Anne, or and, but they're there because they're just beautiful places and they're nice daffodils and there's a nice walk and there's a tea shop and exactly and and that's great and that's a good reason to go to those places. So you, I just want my kids to grow up like I have and I didn't even know it was going to happen I said I got Stockholm Syndrome I, I didn't really I, when I was a teenager the last thing I would do was walk around a palace like, but now I find those places very grounding I find them good for my mental health I find them very mindful places to be at. that if you if I'm in a foreign city filming 
I, I quickly I get my Google Maps out. I say, oh, fantastic. There's a, there's a temple or a castle or something. And because you're going to go there and it's going to be a four or five hundred year old building, it's going to just be cool to hang around in. And it's going to be a little less, more calm than the modern industrial area that's just sprung up around it. And so I think it's about seeing those heritage properties and places as, as a, a, a refuge. And you don't have to, and if the and the kids and people can go there and just lie in the grass with a nice backdrop. It does. It doesn't. It's not all about the dates and the facts and who might have been there in which period. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, I think it also allows you to reflect, doesn't it? It, it? it encourages you to think about what life was like however many hundreds of years ago and thereby reflect on how lucky we are to live uh, as we live now in the relative comfort of 21st century. My main reason for loving history is its therapy because I look back when you study the wars of Genghis Khan when he sacked Beijing, for example, uh, and the streets were sticky with the human fat of his victims. I look back at the firebombing of Dresden only less than 75 years ago or the you know, the appalling destruction of, of, uh, of, of the Thirty Years' War in Europe or the slave trade in West Africa. Or the you, plague in London. Or the plague in London. We could, I mean, listen, we could go on and on, right? That's the, that's the nature of it. I find life is a bit simpler. I come home and uh, the Wi-Fi is not working in my house and I say, well, my wife goes, but the Wi-Fi is broken. I go, well could be worse the vikings could be penetrating at the rivers of england and, and it doesn't really help the wi-fi situation but it does <laughs> I, I do genuinely believe it helps mental health and, and i think you're right so when you go to these places it allows you to start thinking about the human condition the people that built these magnificent buildings thought they were all that and they sure as they're dust now like will be dust one day and i think so it's it's all of those there's so many things you can get out of those experiences and that's a great sentiment to pass on your your children who get frustrated because you know the velcro on their shoes isn't staying down yeah that's right yeah um that's very obviously important. history is quite gory in some places are there are times you think you know what that's just too much for my 5 year old well that's a very good point and i haven't thought of it before in terms of gore because my kids, like many kids, are just obsessed with extreme violence. But they, I have thought of it in terms of gender and exposing my daughters to the realities of pre-20th century gender relations, which are pretty grim. And, 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 it's, and you got, I guess you've got to, but I, I'm bringing her up in a way that she's hopefully seeing her gender as something that is not an obstacle to well doing anything and having to then 
explain why all the pictures of women are of them in sort of ball gowns or, or sort of formal dress looking quite cut wooden and all the pictures of men are of them just rampaging around having a great time being heroic climbing mountains shooting things being soldiers that is something that i struggle with probably more than the gore uh and it just leads to and, I, and if you're a person of color or or you know any of you know or, or pursuing you know non-traditional uh, identities or whatever. I, I think that would, it is a bit harder because then suddenly you, the hi- history is a reminder that the world that you've created for your children is actually quite an unusual one. You know, where uh, whatever sex you are, whatever sexual orientation you are, you can aspire to anything. So I do think about that, and and I make a bit, and actually I lie a bit about that as well. I have to say. So we went to a, a aviation museum the other day, and my daughter just walked down the rows and rows and rows of these black and white pictures of these spitfire races and she just goes boy 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 and so i thought oh my god and i did then google there were in the second world war women weren't allowed to fly on the front line but there were lots of women delivery pilots so i googled female delivery pilots world war ii and said no no don't worry there are lots of female spitfire pilots and she was and she and i showed her the picture on my phone so she loved that now, at some stage, she's going to learn that I sort of lied to her and actually they weren't allowed to see, do front active frontline service. So I don't know how I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But uh, that's so, yeah, there are downsides for sure. And yeah, and t- telling your kids about the brutality of, of our species is something, although they, although <laughs> mine seem to be quite relaxed about that. Really. But then there are sort of, I don't know, my children were asking about the Second World War, and then we started talking about sort of concentration camps and the Holocaust, and that, um, maybe it's because it's, you know, it wasn't that long ago, you can't disassociate yourself from it as, as well as you can from the Vikings, for example. And I thought, should I be talking about this with him? You know, he's eight and he's curious and he's, you know, life is, I'm a great believer in being honest with your children and sort of exposing them to what is true about life. But then I was thinking, is school going to frown upon me? Am I being a bad parent? by make him have nightmares or yeah. is he going to be is he it. is he able to compute this in in you know because pretty shocking stuff went on well hang on i'm asking hang on this is a this is a science not bringing i'm asking you that i'm turning it around what do you think i mean is that is that a traumatizing thing i think it's in the way you tell it isn't it um and i think judging your individual child you know there are eight-year-olds and there are eight-year-olds and for some that's going to be very traumatic and for others that's just going to be actually a really interesting part of our history that they can compute um, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest. You see, my, my auntie, I've had a big chat with her. She's a historian, and she was a pioneer in her era, very, you know, one of the first sort of female professors and all this kind of thing. And uh, she grew up reading historical fiction and, 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 and said she had no problem identifying with the boys in those stories. It never, never occurred to her that, that the, the boys in these sort of, you know, Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn or the sort of G.A. Henty books where the boys would sort of go in King Solomon's minds. She, that, for her, she found easy to relate to those, albeit male characters. My daughter, as you say, everyone's different. My daughter finds it very difficult, as I mentioned with the Spitfire thing, to, and she feels very disengaged from subjects that don't have women in them. So, and it's, I, who knew, I mean, it's just a, so I have to make a big effort to surround her with, stories about strong female characters in the but past. is it perhaps because you've surrounded her so much with well, stories I don't know. That's my wife, that, that that's what my wife says. She says I've sort of <laughs> created a monster. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know about that. To, yeah, make a few heroes out of boys and make yeah, them well, that you think they're cool. She quite likes Harry Potter, will. so we're okay. We're, she, she doesn't mind Harry. But, uh, 
But I, I just didn't want it to feel that history was a male yeah. a place. Which it is, isn't it? Well, that, that's the, yeah, that is the problem. I mean, it, it is. It is, yeah, it is. But it also makes some of the stories about the sort of female pioneers even better. I mean, the children, my son came back talking about suffragettes and, and, and that struggle for the vote. And he was, you know, he couldn't believe that women didn't have the vote. And, you know, then I told him that women couldn't own property. And and actually that sort of made them in a way more appreciative of what we had and the, having the equality that we have nowadays. And Yeah, well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, that's, that's good. So I, I just don't want my daughter to feel... Oh right, you know in that case, mate. You know, there's a, the, 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 as long as they feel like there was a gross injustice in the past, rather than well, maybe women are supposed to be second classes. Yeah, you know, that's the thing I'm trying to avoid, but uh, the thing I fear. So we were talking, uh, Kira and I were talking earlier about um, competing with computer games and how my eight-year-old is now suddenly, you know, a lot of his school friends have computer games. And and it's difficult because I think that, you know, on the one hand, you don't want them to miss out on what their peers are all doing. But I slightly feel that it's a slippery slope, isn't it? And, and I'd so much rather still spend weekends with them visiting castles or telling them the wonderful stories of, of history then how, how, do, how would you compete? Do you think, I don't know. Are you at that stage yet? Or is that, how is that going to manifest itself with your household? A little bit, we're a little bit, uh, I mean, I've, my wife and I like are on the same page. Uh, we're, we're very, very, uh, you know, negative about that, all that kind of stuff. But I, but I agree with you, I don't want to be weird. I, I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, there were some families out TVs, you know, we thought they were totally insane. So I, 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 we, we accept that there may be a role for that, but we're just kind of just trying to delay it. And, and I say to my wife now, in a way, every, every day is a victory. And I, I know my kids are going to be on, on social media and I know they're going to be probably playing games. But every day when they're not, I think is a tiny little victory. And so that's where I am on that. I, I've, we're, we're talking a lot to the other parents. I mean, I feel very lucky that I did not have kids about... 10 or 15 years ago because without parents knowing I mean look at those poor families whose girls went off to join ISIS the, the dads that were sitting there in East London just going I, I knew my daughter had a phone I didn't I mean you know the, the, the idea they had a supercomputer in their pocket it, it is so shocking to that generation who just don't whereas, whereas us, the school that my kids are at now is all talking about this a lot the other parents are sort of our age and they're kind of into it because they're sort of digital natives as well. I feel that, I, I do think we're, maybe naive yet, but I, I think we're in a better position than a slightly older generation were when it all came as a terrible surprise that their 10-year-olds were watching, you know, inappropriate material. So we, we have a really good network with the other parents and I think we're kind of, but on, on, you know, we're, we're all trying to push back that inevitable day when screens and game systems and, and stuff become all pervasive. But, You've also just got to try and you have got to try and compete with them. I know it sounds silly, but you have got to try and say, "We're going to go. Out, we're going to go for a day out. We're going to climb up to this castle on this hilltop, and it's going to be fun." And you know. And ultimately, if you engage as a parent and you make it fun for them, and you make it more fun than sitting, you know, watching a computer game or playing, that uh, and puts me. You need to put more effort in as a parent. You got to put some back into it. Um, but it, most children would prefer that. I think so. And but the same, I found myself thinking the other day. Because it's weird for me. Because I'm always I'm I'm a, I have social media and everything has been very good to me and it's been an exciting opportunity and it's allowed me to reach lots of people talk about history. So, but a part of me is thinking the other day. Actually, do we try and get on the front foot and, and do I try and get, you know in an appropriate way and in a sort of um, small way 
you know, get them making videos about some of the stuff we do as a family. You know, get get them going. Come on, let's do this. Then let's edit. Let's get this done. Let's uh, and, and and be positive about engagement with that. And that's something I'm thinking about. And without wishing to turn my kids into sort of mini me's, but do we? Do, is it fun to get them making short videos, which probably will only be seen by the family, but of of some of our days out, and let them have that create because phones and editing and video and picture it's creative in a way they are wonderful things taking cool pictures and i'm 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 excited about technology so maybe i've been recently thinking about that yeah and oh, you know, you mentioned earlier that you know, if you don't know facts about a castle, Google it. And actually, maybe it's 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 not about banning the devices, but saying actually, how can we use them in a constructive way, and how can that those devices that you you love so much contribute to our day out as a family? So you, you know, you do all the research about the you know the Welsh wars in this castle, or you know, bring up some images. How was life like? And you sort of empower them, but you know, shift it from the mindless games of the computer games to the sort of more positive well i think that's right i think that's exactly right and it whether and, and you see that with some properties you know treasure hunts or uh and where where digital experiences can actually ha- have lead you to real experiences and i think we're all we're pioneering all that stuff but so that's why i'm not just a sort of let's let's burn all phones i think i think some kind of like as you suggested a, a really that there, there can be a compromise yeah Perfect. Dan, thank you so much. It's been great to have you on The Parenthood. It certainly gives me pause for thought that the sooner you talk to your children about how interesting history it is, is kind of the more they get out of it. Um, If you've enjoyed listening to Dan, you'll love his podcast, History Hit. It's full of great interviews, facts and fascinating stories. Actually, my children and I listen to it in the car. And it's lovely because it's a brilliant sort of talking point about, you know, I think a lot of what I struggle with my children is they've got very few cultural references to things. And actually listening to something like that um, is brilliant because it gets us talking about the Victorians or, you know, some kind of conversation point. So I'd highly recommend it. That's very kind. And and, and you've got to come from the point of view, history isn't um, dusty bookshelves and and glass boxes and museums history is the reason why we are all the way that we are it's why we speak english it's why it's why britain is is it's it's why syria is in a state of civil war and britain isn't it, it's why that your your kids entire environment entire society the language they speak the clothes they're wearing it's all a result of their history and i think if they start to understand that then it suddenly feels like something that's that's important and immediate rather than something that's just a, a, a kind of ac- academic pursuit and ultimately i mean certainly my kids they'll do anything for a good story and history is the that's best right. story there is the best stories Thank you, listeners, for tuning into another episode of The Parenthood. If you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed to us so that each new episode is delivered straight to your phone. Please also rate us wherever you get your podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And finally, please follow us on Instagram. We're at theparent.hood, where you can even get in touch and let us know what topic you'd like us to tackle next. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.